Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. Hey everybody, there's a couple of people we want to thank for supporting us at patreon.com slash comic book club this month. Kicking it off with Aaron C. Hollis. Adam Marks. Adriel Moreland. Amanda Harris. Andrew Tillman. Benjamin Brown. Brett Macris. Chelsea Mack. Clemens Soil-Luer. Curtis LaRock. Deman Ryan. Dan Snow. Daniel Fuentes. Danny Heck. Danny Oil. Dennis Scott. Oh, I think that was actually Danny O'Lee. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, Eduardo Martinez. Aaron Dory. Gabriella Romeo. Jeffrey Risher. Gerald. <laughs> I'm the one messing it up this time. Uh, Gerard DeVillier. Hugo Sanchez. Jason Tomaszewski. Jason Williams. Jessica Ashcraft. Joe Crack. John George. Jonathan Jong. Joseph Kelly. Joshua W. Bronson. Kaylin Swift. Catherine Anderson. <laughs> Kendall Wilson. Kevin Kleinrock. Kieran Broderick. Lee Brown. Luana Thomas. Luke Asink. Mark Carrillo. Mark Kiefer. Mark Zeller. Mark Fennel. Matt Fennel. Megan Thickpen. <laughs> Michael Sturgeon. Mike Turgenio. Mitchell McDonald. Nick Grayson. Karen Comstock. Omnia Solart. Perry Talaferro. Pip Pete 2020. Primetime Pauly G. Rahadran Swastrowardio. Uh, Tamela Rush. Terrible Jason. Uh, Matt Wood. Tiago Nascimento. Victor Perez. W. Blaine. William Butchanam. <laughs> Can you not get that one? Butchanan. Will Buchanan. Will Buchanan. <laughs> Zika's Viral Comics. Thank you guys so much. Sorry for butchering your names. You guys Sorry, are guys. awesome. And we now, love you. Here is our live show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming to Comic Book Club Live. Please give it up for your hosts, Alex and Pete. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I am Pete. And that's our man of the booth, Booth Man Prime. Oh, gosh. Thank you guys so much for coming out tonight. What what happy, Pete? Uh, What happies? What hoppies? Where the fuck is this, Justin? I just want to. I don't. I don't want to interrupt. But this is my catchphrase: is what hoppies? That's it's the thing I say. Wow, this is crazy. There's two people right in the front of the audience <laughs> wearing t-shirts that have my catchphrase. Can one of you stand up, please? Show the audience. What hoppy? This is amazing. This is really catching on. <laughs> I just started saying what hoppies just now. People have already made t-shirts. That's incredible. That is incredible. Yeah. Whoever came up with that catchphrase, which was definitely me. Yeah. Is an American hero. What were you going to say, Pete? Where the fuck is Justin? Where is Justin? Yeah. He is somewhere. <laughs> Justin, uh, for those of you who don't know, is our third co-host. Is he? <laughs> okay, come on, buddy. What do you mean, come on, buddy? Last time he wasn't here because his cousin, a friend of his cousin, gave birth and he had to go help. That's what he well, texted That sounds us. realistic. That's, That's the sort not- of... And then this time he texted us and said he was in the emergency room with a sore throat and was also on vacation. And oh, by the way, I won't be there for the show. Again, a very reasonable excuse. Is it? Yeah. 
I think he's out of excuses, and he's fucking in a weird area of making shit up. Yo, if your cousin's <laughs> wife's cousin was giving birth to a baby, you'd want to be there, right? No. Right? No. Let me hear it with your no, applause. I don't, I don't like my cousins. It's like none of you saw the final episode of Love Monkey. <laughs> Hot rap, dude. Thank you. Hot rap. That was the conflict in the last episode of Love uh, Monkey. I don't Wait, know. Wait, maybe he's watching old episodes of Love Monkey? That's what's going on? I don't know. If they, if, I don't know Do if you're people know that's a TV show? Or a TV show? I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a TV show starring Tom Cavanaugh from The Flash. Let oh, me hear your applause, everybody. Okay. A couple people okay. politely. Yo. Oh, what happens? <laughs> <laughs> killed it. You killed it with that. Uh, thank you. Uh, and just like I killed Justin, let's welcome <laughs> out our guests. I'm very excited to have them here. One of them is a writer for New York Mag and Vulture. He is working on an upcoming biography of Stan Lee. And the other guy is a writer for Colbert. And he is also the writer of Marvel's new Loki book. Ladies and gentlemen, Abe Reisman, Reisman and Daniel Kimmelsman. <laughs> God damn it! Oh, you psyched me out! Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome to the show. You got it on the first bounce. I did. I did. Uh, Welcome. You told me. Have a microphone. Great to have you guys. Thank you guys for coming in. I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Reesman. Reesman like Reese's Pieces. Reesman. I had it right, and then I I got nervous. There was a degree of inevitability. I shouldn't have told. Backstage, I told him the wrong ways to pronounce it. All the wrong ways. I know. I shouldn't have mentioned any of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. So here we are. Here we are. Guys, thank you so much for coming. Now... Before we get into your individual accomplishments, I want to talk about a group accomplishment. Oh. You grew up together. We did. Huge accomplishment. And is is growing up not the greatest accomplishment? (laughs) (laughs) Coming from the hard streets of Oak Park, Illinois, it really was. Yeah. Yeah, we we both went to Oak Park and River Forest High School, which is also the alma mater of Ernest Hemingway, uh, SNL's Cecily Strong, uh, podcast sensation Leon Nafok, who we're actually friends with as opposed to Cecily Strong. Johnny Slowburn. Yeah, yeah. Of, of you said you said Cecily Strong like we're enemies with Cecily Strong. No, no, no. no. We just, yeah, no. Our, one of our mutual. She didn't cross us. No, no. Uh, a dear friend of both of ours uh, got to kiss her in a play. That's about Ooh, as close. That's right. Yeah, Brian got to kiss her. In I was in that play. You were in Rain yeah, on the was Moon in, or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a, it was a sketch. It was a sketch comedy play. No, no, no. We're talking about different plays. Oh well, somebody kissed Cecily in that play. <laughs> it was high school theater. Don't act so shocked. <laughs> anyway, we it's uh, yeah, we 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 sort of came up together. We didn't really know each other that well in high school, but once we got to college, we were both big on Live Journal and not like famous on Live Journal. We were just big with wow. Live Journal. Right. I'll, I'll tell you live why. Journal. This story is getting cooler all the time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so we we used to just comment on each other's live journals and send uh, AOL instant messages to each other. It was Twitter before Twitter. It was very much Twitter before Twitter. And now we just uh, talk to each other on Twitter. Now we just talk to each other on Twitter, What were your live journal names? Oh, God. Well, I I purged mine so I can tell you, but it's very emo. Are you ready? Yeah. It was (laughs) thelastboy.tumblr.com. Our our friend Leon, the the podcast host, when I registered that name, he was a real jerk about it. He said, um, you know what would be hilarious is if somebody got the last boy, too, because then you wouldn't be the last boy anymore. (laughs) That's a good good joke. That was a good joke. (laughs) Yeah, he's a smart guy. Anyway, sorry, I'm derailing here. No, no, you're railing it. Uh, uh, Hello. Okay. Is that the right term? Daniel, what was yours? Mine's not deleted, so I'm not giving it out on there. (laughs) Somebody's going to find it now. Is okay. it really not? No, it's it's locked up. It's all it's all. No, it's all, I archived mine as a PDF and then just blew the whole thing up from orbit. You know? I had no idea that that was an option. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll tell you about it later. So by the time you're hearing this, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that though you're a comic book writer and you review write about comic books, are you guys mortal enemies now? No, well, no. Uh, I mean it's never come up before. Mortal but, uh, is a strong word. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, no, I, I I think I did one piece when you were writing Quantum and Woody, where like it wasn't a review. I think I just interviewed you. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't remember if I acknowledged in the piece that I knew you. That's 
I think you probably I did. I think in, I did. In, that seems like it would be unlike me to just go like, oh, and well, hello, who's this? Right, right, right. <laughs> um, uh, but I think even, you know, ethics aside, it would just like read as fakey. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, we, yeah, Like yeah. we were doing a bit. Right. But um, no, I haven't really covered much of Daniel's stuff just because obviously it would be a big conflict of interest, but... I love reading it. I mean, Loki is terrific. Have people out here read Loki number one yet? Oh, yeah. That's Woo! great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about that. Let's start with Loki number one. So this is a, a reboot of the character almost literally because he crawled out of his stomach and came back to life after the War of the Realms. You're picking up on that. How, how did the book start? Did you pitch the book? Was it pitched to you? How did it come about? I had just done um, Black Panther versus Deadpool as a miniseries. Which is also very good if you haven't read it. Thank you, yeah. Abe. Oh, it's very funny. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And um, I was working with uh, the Marvel editors, uh, Will Moss and Sarah Brunstad, and I was pitched on something else uh, that didn't that didn't end up happening, uh, but uh, War of the Realms was being um, planned. Uh, War of the Realms was kind of being stepped out behind the scenes. So um, I think that they knew that Loki was going to die and that Loki was going to come back. Uh, <laughs> and it's sort of what Loki does going back thousands yeah. of years. Right. Even. <laughs> like the rest of us, we knew that Loki was going to die and that Loki was going to come back. So um, in just like, uh, uh, I'd done a lot of, um, not a lot, I'd done uh, some characters on the more humorous side. I did a Lockjaw miniseries. Mm-hmm. Also I, very thank good. You. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 We love Lockjaw. Representing for Lockjaw. Yeah. And, um, and then Black Panther versus Deadpool. So they knew that uh, they knew that Loki was going to be one of the things that was spinning out of War of the Realms and asked me if I, I wanted to take a, a shot at it. And of course I, I did. But the way that they framed it I thought was really interesting because I'd just done a Black Panther versus Deadpool. And they said, you know, like Loki's like a Black Panther who is also a Deadpool. He's like, that's this, a really interesting oh, point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he's this like, you know, noble born, uh, you know, son of a, of a king in a futuristic land with all of this uh, familial kind of burden uh, and expectation. And instead uh, he just goes chaotic neutral, like immediately. <laughs> <laughs> So um, uh, I, th- I loved I loved that that pitch that uh, he was somebody who um, the both of those uh, uh, spirits you know in, inhabit him uh, that he 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 wears a crown but inside he is a jester. Wow! <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, Loki uh, and uh, Jughead. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Are the guys where that's true? Yeah. Yeah. That would, that's wow! That'd be a really solid crossover. Dibs. Yeah, no, dibs. You, you're, you're literally dibs. the only person qualified to write that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> One of the things that I really liked about the first issue in particular that I was surprised about is when you're dealing with Loki and when they've had these Loki solo titles, Thor, his brother Thor, is always a factor, right? Like, it's always this thing that's weighing over to him, over him, but Thor's not usually there. It's usually just sort of this thing that is motivating him to do other things, but in this title, it's almost more of a buddy comedy. Yeah. How how did you end up hitting on that? Yeah, Thor's in the first issue a lot. Um, I think it was just... The the most it was the most logical starting place given the way that the the War of the Realms ended and I'm gonna spoil a little bit if if I mean we know Loki came back um, that uh, Loki uh, dies um, uh, heroically in the War of the Realms and comes back and is sort of um, by by blood uh, both you know biologically and like literally through killing the king uh, the king of, of Jotunheim the king of the frost giants and then Thor becomes the new All Father and Odin retires uh, so uh, you your status quo is very much about the symmetry of the two brothers and where they ended up after the War of the Realms. So um, it seems um, like I'd almost be like ignoring a significant part of the story to not uh, incorporate um, their uh, their parallel. The the sort of the good son who got the real throne and the bad son who made good and got the consolation throne. That to me was extremely interesting. And that Thor sees that as essentially a happy ending. And Loki sees that as a desk <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and you introduce a new character as well, a young frost giant. I'm blank your guy's name. Is it Gert? It's Durf. 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 I got the... Or Drift. Uh, okay. I, I don't know. It's uh, people have <laughs> it debated feels it like online. You should know. <laughs> no, it's it's the Prince medium until the movie oh, okay. comes out. Until, uh, <laughs> until it's like, ah, what does Deadpool's voice sound like? Who knows? Yeah, but I have been I have been tweeting about. I've been trying to get Turf into Thor four. <laughs> uh, if anybody wants to make that happen on Twitter, I'd be very appreciative. Yeah, Taika Waititi is a regular listener of our show. Fantastic. Uh, so yes. It should all work out. Uh, but Turf is this little frost giant. He almost, even more than Loki, kind of seems like the main character of the book in a weird way. Is that? Yeah, he comes in as sort of a um, uh, a uh, like a like a Loki two point um, In the prequel uh, story uh, to Loki number one, um, the the War of the Realms uh, Omega. Uh, has a bunch of um, epilogues and prologues uh, in it that like uh, launch uh, our Loki title and the new Valkyrie title, and uh, wrap up the the Daredevil story from the War of the Realms. And we introduce Durf as this uh, frost giant who's even smaller than Loki, and he's sort of the only one who accepts Loki as as king because uh, he's really little and Loki is kind to them and they have kind of this um, like Harry Potter Dobby thing going on. <laughs> he's, he's a little, yeah, Google him. He's a little monkey. And yeah. uh, uh, so Durf uh, kind of comes in as like a, almost like a co-protagonist. So you get to see the way that things are going under Loki's leadership in the kingdom through the eyes of the king who kind of doesn't want to be there. And one of the subjects who uh, he's ostensibly supposed to be protecting. And I'm, I'm really excited about just rounding out kind of a new supporting cast that isn't strictly Asgard based. Cool. What are we going to see in uh, issues going forward? I know Iron Man shows up the next issue. Is Loki going to be doing sort of a tour of the Marvel Universe? I, I think in the, the long run, that's definitely the plan because uh, Loki is one of the very few characters who uh, knows everybody. Yeah. Like, it, like in continuity, like, no, he knows like Squirrel Girl, but he also knows Thanos. Right. And, <laughs> uh, and he's like kind of like frenemies with all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's, he's this indestructible person who can teleport. Uh, which means, um, and that was one of the things that appealed to me about Lockjaw as well, but thank God Loki can talk. Uh, <laughs> that you have this indestructible character who can make trouble throughout the entire Marvel Universe. And I think that that's what I want to do with a, with a comic book that's called Loki, is that it's not about him like killing Balder and stuff. Uh, that he can um, uh, go on uh, adventure. You know, I want him like jumping around on rooftops. You know, with like the the street level characters, and you know, getting wrapped up in big cosmic stuff. Um, so this arc, uh, this first arc, uh, is uh, sort of like a big cosmic debut that hopefully establishes all of those possibilities. Uh, and we're giving him. Um, you'll see in in issues two and three, we're giving him kind of a new new status quo and sort of a new power slash curse. That Ooh. is going to kind of change the way that change the way that Loki exists and, and interacts with with the Marvel universe, wow. and like kind of the way the Marvel universe works. And I didn't really ask permission to do it, so <laughs> you just don't, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you did Lockjaw, and my, I, I loved Lockjaw. And one of my favorite things was like we hadn't seen the Fantastic Four in like five years, and then in Lockjaw, there's just this like that was the return of. Franklin and Valeria. I think that might technically be true. Yeah, yeah. Like they'd been they'd been gone since the end of Secret Wars, and then I'm just reading through your comic, and it's like, oh, here here they are. Yeah. Was Daniel allowed to do that? I, for the love of God, I don't remember. I mean, it wouldn't have happened if I wasn't allowed. Like, they're, well, yes, they're very they're very good at, at editing I, me, which is responsible. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think I think that uh, because these are like Lockjaw's kind of like a tertiary property. I think it's really cool uh, that my editors um, uh, let me uh, or pitch me on stuff that is going to be like sneak, like kind of sneaking things in yeah. under the radar before their their big uh, debut. They also go to they also go to a different uh, universe uh, in Lockjaw that I don't think we can Marvel can legally mention. But oh uh, yes, we can't. Yeah, some yeah, familiar right. red boots and a red cape. Yes, and we went to the ultimate universe in Lockjaw. The ultimate universe. Sorry, in we could talk about Lockjaw all day. I like Lockjaw. No, it's, it's, I'm very proud of it. It was a good yeah. book. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, cool. Definitely check out Loki on stands now. When does the second issue come out? Uh, August 14th. Is August issue 14th. Issue two. Yeah. All right, cool. Definitely check that out. Abe, let's turn to you. Yeah, I don't have anything nearly as interesting going on. <laughs> I mean, I, Thanks I, for coming on our show. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's good to be here. It's not a contest, I'm, Abe. It's not yeah, a contest. No, it, I lost the contest to Daniel a long time ago, <laughs> oh. so it's fine. Um, no, 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 no. You'll, you'll, you will never find a bigger Kibblesmith backer than me. One of the, oh. I, I always tell him, one of these days I'm going to throw him a surprise party where I force everybody to watch all the old YouTube videos that he used to make in college. Which again, <laughs> that shit is on lockdown. Don't go looking for <laughs> They're really good. Thank um, you. He was very talented. Uh, he is very talented. Um, and, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm writing this book. I'm writing a biography of Stan Lee, but I can't really tell you anything about it because it doesn't come out until fall 2020. Um, but... It's coming along. I, I, you know, it was nice to be on the show because you prompted me to read some new comics, which I haven't done in a while because I've been so yeah. deep. Turns out Stan Lee uh, contributed to a lot of different comics. There's really? a lot of material out there. So you kind of get lost in that. And uh, I, I've been falling off of the regular monthlies, um, except, of course, for the X-Men books, which now... Are yeah, like, well, let's talk about those. We talked about that on our Stack podcast a yes. little bit. Uh, Jonathan Hickman has rebooted the X-Men universe with two titles that are one, House of X and Powers of X. Uh, Powers of Ten. Powers of Ten. Uh, That's how they get to? you. I, according to Marvel, you're supposed to call it Powers of Ten. No, even it's, though it's, powers an X. Of it. it's Powers an X. of X. That's it's fine. An X. I like Powers of X, though, because it sounds like a weird anime, poor translation of a title. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's technically Powers of Ten. I like, yes. I like Powers of X because you can say, like, I love uh, my favorite Power of X is turning to metal. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes, exactly. Uh, but you've been super into those books, right? I love them. I, I have a piece coming out um, next week. It was going to be this week, but Hickman, um, I was doing an email interview with him. He, he apparently hates talking on the phone, which who among us? Um, and so, uh, he didn't get me the answers in time for it to come out for this week, but, um, I adore it. I mean, I, the X-Men were my first superhero thing. I mean, I, I, I'm very much of that millennial generation that grew up watching X-Men, the animated series, which doesn't totally hold up, but at the time it was just everything I wanted and more. I mean, it completely just altered my perception of everything. And, um, I was just talking to my partner the other day. We were talking about the superheroes that sort of formed us as we were kids. And I realized, like, for me, the most emotionally resonant character growing up of, like, any fiction I was reading was Cable. I loved Cable. Really? I adored Cable. I thought Cable was such a fascinating story because I had severe anxiety as a child and was constantly worried the world was going to end. And that was Cable's whole deal was preventing the end of the world. Like his whole thing was he was literally stopping a guy named Apocalypse. Like that's his whole raison d'etre. And um, I used to just like funnel all my anxiety into the idea of like, well, maybe I'd be able to prevent the end of the world if I had giant muscles and huge guns and you know, flame coming out of my eye. How's that work? How's that working out? Yeah, well, the world's ending pretty badly these days. So, you know, I sort of failed my mission, but, um, but yeah, no. So anyway, although cable has not shown up yet in the Hickman X-Men books, these really have just restored the wonder and awe that I had as a kid, but without dumbing it down. And a lot of times you have comics creators or superhero creators and other mediums who go like, we want to restore the wonder that you had as a kid. So we're going to treat you like a kid and give you a dumbass narrative that will make you, you know, wistful for back when you couldn't understand anything. And instead it's like, look, I'm all for comics for young people. We, we need more of them and the big two are idiots if they don't invest in that. But it's very much a comic that's like actually for grownups and not just because there's like sex and violence in it. It's just, it's a really complex narrative <laughs> that we haven't seen play out uh, even in a fraction uh, of it uh, yet. And it's, it's just thrilling. I mean, I could wax rhapsodic about it, but I don't want to spoil my piece. I, I think it's, it's really, it's the first time I've read comics in a while and gone like, Oh, this is something people are going to remember a long time from now. Yeah, uh, if that, there is a long time from that, now, he was geeking out like that bef- before as well. It's, yeah, I, it's well, driving I've, me crazy. I've been hesitant. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I've been hesitant, but each issue so far has won me over more and more. And it's the art is fantastic at the very oh, least, God, right? I know, Pete. Sure, Pete? sure. I'll give you the art. The the problem I have it is it's painting the X Men. I also uh, huge X Men fan. 
the animated series was amazing. Uh, but this is painting the X-Men as bad people what? from the start. Oh, God. That's a very simplistic they're literally reading. They're literally paying off. They're like, listen, we'll give you this stuff if you leave us the fuck alone in this island over here. You can't come anywhere near us. Here, we'll give you these magical pills to ignore <laughs> us. What the fuck is that? Well, well sure, it sounds like okay, a scam okay, okay, when okay. you put it that I'm gonna, way. I'm gonna, it's <laughs> a fucking pyramid scheme. Everybody's like, oh, this is the greatest. I love this. Also, the comic that took away the pictures and gave us words. Oh, <laughs> What the fuck are you guys doing? If it was a pyramid scheme, there'd be a beautiful diagram of a pyramid. <laughs> yes. In the middle. Well, I, I, I will say, I will say, not to get too woke, but like the we're this is four white men discussing comic books, which oh you know what? is just I know, I know. We it's not not Rejected optimal, title. but not, you know. Yeah, not um, ideal, but, not ideal. But, you know, one of the most fascinating things I've found while this series has started to roll out is looking at responses from different groups of people and people who have different identity backgrounds. And, you know, your assessment of like, oh, these are bad people because they're, you know, trying to buy off humanity and run off and be separatists. You know, that one panel where Cyclops says to Reed, um, or no, says to Sue, you know, uh, I, I, my whole life I've been told I was less when I knew I was more. And you really think I was going to just sit down? You think we were going to just sit down and take that forever? There were a lot of readers who were, you know, people of color, queer people who were reacting to this and going like, "Fuck yeah!" Like the, the nice. idea of, you know, of separatism and creating your own community and your own culture is something that's very inherent uh, to to human desire. It's something you want. And um, what I think is going to be fascinating about the comic is since we already have had like the future and then we've seen glimpses of the future and the future of the future so far, um, you know, we're, we're going to explore and interrogate, I think, the pluses and minuses of something like that. And um, I think calling, saying that it's the X-Men you know, being bad, I think is, is, I don't know, I wouldn't agree with that. I think it's more morally ambiguous and not in just a like, if I kill, am I as bad as the guy who killed? Like, that's not real moral ambiguity. Like, you're a bad person because you killed somebody. Like, yeah. you know. They should do that in Marvel TV shows. They really should like, do that in Marvel TV shows. Right? I feel like you never hear that what debate. One of never <laughs> Love to see that. That would be great. Or CW show, right? <laughs> exactly. Show, yes. Uh, well, I'm glad you've been enjoying that. I'm sorry you have not been enjoying yeah. that, Pete. I apologize. Uh, but you have stuff coming out. Sure, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly writing, uh, which I probably shouldn't be because I should be focusing solely on the book. But I've got, <laughs> bun- I've got a bunch of stuff coming out. The, the, the Hickman thing is the only, like, comics-related thing I think I have in the... Oh, oh. <laughs> I might as well tease this. I, I don't think anyone's going to scoop me. Um, for... I <laughs> just booked a story for... Uh, the Watchmen TV series, uh, which I haven't, wow. I haven't seen, I haven't seen or anything, but um, the um, the uh, I realized, oh my god, you know what I have to write? I have to write a profile of John Higgins, the colorist for Watchmen, the third guy who made Watchmen, oh. who no one ever talks oh, about, yeah. but the colors in Watchmen are fucking amazing. They're so good. And John Higgins is just out there. I just emailed him and like his website had his email address. I was like, can I interview you? And he's like, I'll literally talk to you about anything you want. <laughs> so I'm talking to him like next week. It probably won't come out until October yeah, when that's the show be premieres. Amazing. And you can tell from the trailer that that is significant. I oh, mean, when they show absolutely. the blue hand, that is the correct blue. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm all about trying to celebrate the people who made sure that the finished product um, is as magical as it is and don't get acknowledged. Um, you know, art hashtag, is it Derek Robertson who did the hashtag art cred thing? Like, I'm very big on, I feel like we, we don't credit artists nearly enough and especially colorists nice, and, nice. and anchors. So anyway, not, yeah. not to get on my high horse, but I'm looking forward to talking to John Higgins. I have no idea what he's like. Real quick before we move on, I'm curious to get your take on Watchmen, the TV show, now that we've seen the trailer from it. What's your feeling? I mean, I I know as much as you do, basically, in terms... I haven't seen the episode, the first episode. I wasn't at TCAs or anything, but, um, I mean, I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic with the sort of moral reservations of the fact that like it probably shouldn't exist from a like like a you know creator rights perspective, although that's debatable, you know whatever if we're gonna just sort of go, okay, let's stick a pin in that um I'm cautiously optimistic i I think 
the at the the TCA is where Lindelof the TCA interview where Lindelof was talking about how you know, if Watchmen the comic was about nuclear war, this is going to be about white supremacy. I was like, oh, wow, okay, we're just going there. Like, it's not going to be like, you know, um, you know, anti-mutant bigotry, which is like a potent metaphor, but like, he's yeah. like, literally, it's going to be racists. And I'm like, okay. And also equating those things as existential threats. Yes, like, that this uh, which is they as, are. Yeah, as relevant yes. and bad now. And I love The Leftovers, and I was a huge lost head, so I I have reason to think this might work out. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think to that point you're making, the one thing that I was hoping for with this TV show that I think the Watchmen film adaptation missed is that Watchmen is essentially about comics and the place that we were in America at that time, right? right. So if you just straight adapt that for film, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't mean anything. Right, right. it doesn't mean anything. So what you have to do is instead be like, okay, there's been all of this other superhero literature, except a lot of it was, in fact, TV shows. It was movies. How do we synthesize that for a new generation? How do we attack white supremacy and other threats like that and mix it together? And I think, based on the footage, that's what it looks like they're doing. Apparently. And, yeah, I'm very... I was also very intrigued by the little tidbits that he was leaving out, like, you know, um, that the internet happened differently in this universe. And, like, he didn't elaborate on what that means. But I'm all for, like, looking at contingent history in ways that you aren't expecting. Like, you know, like, of course, the internet was a contingent phenomenon. Like, you can argue that maybe some kind of networking was eventually going to happen. But, of course, in a different timeline, you'd have, I don't know, whatever, I'm rambling. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I'm very as you can tell, I'm excited about it. I may well be very disappointed, but I'm excited about it. Yeah, when he was talking about the internet, I think he was saying that CompuServe sticks around. <laughs> That's the big difference. But otherwise, everything's the same. So Lycos all, is number two. We're all still on that live journal. <laughs> we're all still on live journal. Oh, heaven. Oh, yeah, the only. first episode, Rorschach logs out. He's uh, a lost boy to at love. <laughs> The last boy. It was the last, last boy. Last boy. Last boy. Sorry. It's a... <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we're going to move on to our next section, which we like to call The Stack. Yeah. And in The Stack, we talk about a couple of books that came out this week that we particularly liked quite a bit. First one, we're going to talk about last issue of Paper Girls, Aww. number 30. Uh, Pete, you want to talk about this one? Yeah. I mean, uh, Paper Girls, really amazing event. Um and uh, we, what I really uh, uh, liked is the symmetry of starting with the paper out. They grow in this amazing adventure. And then, uh, you know, spoilers for the last issue, we get them to see them, like, kind of finish the paper out. Uh, but it's <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that was the thing that you focused on. Well, I think it's kind of sweet. <laughs> it's kind of sure. adorable. <laughs> Um, was that the main thing you were concerned about in the book? Yeah, the whole time I'm like, guys, <laughs> we've got a route to finish. I was a paper boy. I took that shit seriously, man. You Cut it out with the fucking time travel. You know, it's fucking, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't this, not deliver the paper. This one should have been called Saga. <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> hitting, all, hitting all 15 of those houses before 7 a.m. Oh, God. Uh, Pete, Pete, I want to live in your brain sometime. <laughs> you don't. You don't. Uh, but... Uh, it was also super sad uh, and powerful because, like, you would think after its adventure, they would be kind of like, hey, you know, we'll be friends forever or whatever. And they just kind of, like, rode in different directions. And it was like... But they don't. Uh, we I'm trying not to spoil the, the whole thing, but, you know. Sure. Uh, there is a sense that they are potentially going to stay together or there is more of that. Potentially. I would yeah. think, though, after that crazy adventure they would just be like yeah so you're saying if a bunch of people grew up in the same hometown together had a lot of experience together there's no way that they could end up in the same place again yeah, that's <laughs> that's exactly and that couch proves my point wait what yeah <laughs> oh, <laughs> what happens killing it right killing it you guys you guys oh, know what I'm talking about uh, have you guys been checking out Paper Girls? I, you know, I fell off with Paper Girls. Similarly, like I said, I've just sort of fell, fallen off with a lot of stuff. But um, just flipping through this before, you know, we have, for the listeners at home, we have a paper copy here that we're looking at. And um, I, I do love that uh, Toxie from the Toxic Avenger makes a cameo. Yeah. Not as, somebody's wearing a costume. And I, I yeah. for the Stan Lee book, I interviewed um, Lloyd Kaufman, the founder of Troma, um, which made the Toxic Avenger. And 
that was a total hoot. He's a fascinating character. Yeah. I, I pitched my editor on doing a, a profile of him, and then my editor left the company. I don't think because of that. He Googled him, and he exploded. <laughs> <laughs> so now I, I have to like repitch it once we get somebody to replace him. But um, anyway, that was, that was my, my one thought. I was glad Toxie yeah. was there. Well, I will say to that point, you were mentioning the art cred earlier. This is one of those books that lives and dies oh. on Cliff Chiang's oh, art. Oh, my God. Well, it's Matt, Matt Wilson, Wilson colors. colors right? are, they're incredible. So... That that's something I see particularly with TV announcements because this was just picked up by Amazon. I want to say, Is that yes, right? I believe that's right. Uh, yeah, one of the where everybody, all the headlines, and I have writing entertainment journalism. I have very mixed feelings about this. Where everybody's like, "Yo, you're putting up these headlines." Brian K. Vaughn's Paper Girls picked up yeah, by yeah. Amazon, and there's a part of me as an editor where I'm writing headlines all day long. Where I'm like, "You have a limited number of words you I can know, put in there," I know, and, so I get uh, that. But there yeah. is the other part of me where it's like, "Yeah, a book like this." This, the draw is almost Cliff Chiang over Brian K. Vaughn. Oh, in absolutely. And Brian would be the first person to tell you that. Like, that no one believes in art cred and, you know, letterer credit and just giving credit to everybody as much as or more than, than Brian K. Vaughn does. I mean, he, he's I've interviewed him a couple of times and he always goes out of it. I mean, he, for Saga, he doesn't even get paid anything up front. He makes sure Fiona Staples gets all of it. Oh. And then, you I know, mean, he makes money on the back end, but, like, he... This guy... I don't know. He's there's, a, that, there's that bit in uh, there's that bit in Ex Machina where he's, uh, uh, somebody asks why the writer's name is first, and uh, they say it's all politics. <laughs> it's a good yeah. Little, I mean, it's a good little but, joke. Yeah, but I mean, no, Cliff Chang did. A, oh God, I, I again, I fell off the Paper Girls, but some of those images from the early issues are just etched in my memory. Yeah, more so than even the setup. Like it's just it's beautiful. Yeah. And didn't Wilson just win the Eisner? I think so. Yeah, for best yeah. colorist. Yeah, just tremendous. It's a great book. Definitely pick it up. Uh, don't start with this issue, though, because it's the last <laughs> one. Uh, next one, we're going to talk about Avengers number 22 from Marvel Comics. Now, Pete, uh, I imagine this was quite your speed. This is about the new Ghost Rider uh, is dealing with some issues with his haunted car. Yep. Turns out it's <laughs> tied it that into <laughs> the old Ghost Rider, who is now the king of hell, challenges him to a race. That's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> You right? love this. Yeah. I I'm mean, afraid I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, uh, you have your haunted car, you bring it to hell, and that's when you get challenged uh, by, you know, to a race. And that, that's the kind of stakes We're that also you in want in a comic. Damon Hellstrom, son of Satan, is in this one, too. Yeah. yeah. Even more shirtless than usual. Yes! <laughs> He's extra shirtless. Yeah. I, I've been a little iffy about Jason Aaron's Avengers run just because it feels like all of these different hodgepodge elements, all of these events kept coming yeah. into it. But the last issue, and we talked about this on the show, it was the team literally chilling out in a hot tub after War of the Realms <laughs> just talking. And to me, that felt like, okay, this is actually the first issue of this book. Right, this is the right. team being like, we're a team now. We went through something. What do we do after this? And that picks up right here. That, to me, is the fun of the book is, yeah, it's fucking crazy to see two Ghost Riders doing a race together, but it's also the team having to deal with it, coming together for one of their own that I think is great as well. I, also, Daniel, was it you or somebody, somebody I like on Twitter was pointing out like a... Super- it was me then. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> when Mahersha Ali came out for the surprise announcement that he was Blade, I was like, oh, okay, that's why Blade is randomly in the Avengers <laughs> now, which I, I've enjoyed, but at the same time, it was like, I, I don't know what pitch that was, and then I, I could be wrong, but my guess is there was some. I could see. Synergy. I'm a big fan of of this title, and I could see Blade being in it just to be in it. I could see there being yeah, no corporate synergy behind this because yeah. I feel like what I like about Jason Aaron's Avengers, and I've read this one, but generally speaking, I'm a little behind. Uh, is that it feels like uh, this is the flagship Avengers title that children who saw the Avengers movie uh, can read and enjoy on most of the same levels that I am, hmm. uh, and I can see kids telling each other what happens in this book. What do you mean? Like, like tangible, tangible big concepts uh, happen in like basically every issue of Avengers. Like in, in the one that, that we read, uh, uh, Damon Hellstrom shows up. Yeah. So, you know, you can say, the son of the devil shows up to perform <laughs> an exorcism on Ghost Rider. He gives Blade something called the... the 
the breathing gun, I want to oh, say. Oh, yeah. What was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So he gives Blade this crazy weapon from hell that we've never heard of before. By the way, there's like six things like that in just this issue. Yeah. People are like, you know, um, Carol Danvers will say things like, uh, I'm punching holes in it, but it keeps growing back. It's yeah. a very it's <laughs> a very tactile, huh. uh, kid-friendly uh, comic that is not stupid. It's just big. Yeah, uh, and then it ends with a new Ghost Rider racing old Ghost Rider. One of them has a car. One of them has a motorcycle, and they're in hell. And it's all, <laughs> it's all gettable. Yeah. It's all That's big true. and interesting and colorful and uh, gettable. And there's so many comics. Uh, the decompressed, like adult version of comic oh, storytelling, God, I know. Uh, sometimes leaves you unable to answer the question: What happens in this issue? And that is not something, <laughs> not something that the Jason Aaron Avengers uh, has. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, pick that up. Moving on to another Marvel comic book, Runaways, number 23. Yeah. Uh, this is a big issue for the Runaways as they, as usual, deal with a bunch of stuff, some relationship stuff. Uh, some <laughs> deal with a bunch of stuff. stuff. That's, uh, <laughs> it's like back when Mad Men episode titled or episode descriptions used to come out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love this book, but I think like right now, and I mean this in the best way, this is probably the closest to a romance comic book that's being published right now. A hundred percent. Yes. And it's great. Yes. It, it feels like Runaways back when Brian K. Vaughn was writing it. Not necessarily the epic stakes, but it has the same emotional stakes because everybody is in love with somebody else who's not in love with them. They're torn apart by time travel by one of them is a robot and one of them is not. Right, someone were dead. And like, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, which is stuff that only could happen in comic books, but it's so emotional the entire time. It's so charged. The art is so good. I... I can't say enough good things about. You had a lot of emotional moments for a doom bot in this yeah. one too. Like, uh, th- I, I, it's interesting you say it about it being a romance comic because I, I, I constantly feel like we're on the verge of that coming back, and I don't know if it ever will. Do you guys think romance comics will ever come back? And like, uh, yes. you think so? I guess it's already true for for younger readers. There are mm-hmm. definitely a lot of things that you could classify as. You're going to grow up. <laughs> Speaking of growing up, that's one thing I really like about Runaways as well is that the characters were allowed to grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see them mature and like be double the age they used to be, which doesn't happen very often in comics. Yeah. yeah. Pete, how are you feeling about this book? You know, uh, it's, it's, gl- it's nice that people have different books that they can pick up and <laughs> oh, get into. You know, I oh, tried to read it a couple times, but it was just a lot of back and forth of... I think so and so, and then so and so, and it's like All right. I think so and so. Something and so happens. And so. I, I, think, I think what you're describing right now is dialogue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, All right. it's a lot of that. They do that sometimes. A lot of people sitting in a room just chatting it up. Jeez. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, this is a great book. Last one we're going to talk about, Justice League Dark Annual Number 1 from DC Comics. Now, if you haven't been reading this, there's been big magical wars going on with all of the magical characters in the DC Universe. But again, this is one that really like dives in, into the characters in a very deep way. It's smart. It's weird. It's dark, as the title implies. This one focuses on Swamp Thing in particular, and uh, one of his big villains, Woodrow, is coming after him. Jason Woodrow, yeah. Jason Woodrow, uh, the Floronic Man. Yeah, they don't this, call him that anymore, unfortunately. But well, but they do in this issue, and uh, it's really kind of gorgeous. Like he, yeah. there's a new Swamp Thing who's the King of Flowers. Is that what it is? Uh, the King of Flowers, who's entirely made out of flowers, and Woodrow, 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 uh, Reisman. Oh God! Oh God! Why? 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 Is uh, tricking him essentially to try to get at Swamp Thing to take over his power, Um, but it's so beautifully drawn throughout. Uh, What do you guys think about this book? I oh no, I haven't seen it yet. I'm thrilled now. Well, it's um, I didn't adore it. It felt like uh, some of it was a little just sort of textbook Swamp Thing type story, or like you know. I mean, very literally, there's a character whose whole deal in this issue is that he, you know, dies in an accident around plants and then thinks he's come back as a plant being, but actually it's this plant being that thinks it's a man. I'm like, I think we all did that in 1984. (laughs) Like, it's been a while. Um, But I'll tell you, one thing I love 
is I had not been reading Justice League Dark, and I had forgotten that they really have committed to the bit that Swamp Thing looks like Alan Moore now. (laughs) They redesigned Swamp Thing to look like Alan Moore, and it's one of the most, like, fuck you moves. And in a... In a long line of DC fuck you moves to Alan Moore, and, that's a big one. So I, I didn't pick up on that, but also Swamp Thing's character in Justice League Dark right now is he wants nothing to do with anything that's going on in the comic. <laughs> there you go. That's true. So that's there it. you go. True. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty consistent. Yeah, I, I like... I really like this idea of Wonder Woman trying to get like a group of uh, some of the magical characters in the DC world to kind of get on a team. And um, this was very heartbreaking book. There's a lot of uh, dealing with loss and family and how loss can pull families apart and the character not realizing how distant they're being for certain things, for certain people. And just, uh, it was, yeah, it was really interestingly done. Like key elements are kind of like missing uh, from the story that are kind of like put together later that are very powerful. The art is absolutely beautiful. And it's also interesting the way how powerless the reader feels as well as Swamp Thing feels in this. Uh, But yeah, I thought it was a very interesting book and really creatively constructed. All right, very cool. That is it for the stack. Yay! Yay. Now we're going to move it on to our next section, which is my favorite section because you guys make it up. It's your audience questions. And for that, you can ask a question for one of our amazing guests or absolutely anything you want. And Pete over there is going to give you some free comics and other prizes. That's right. Um, Yeah, we're going to ask people because we also have a... a, You can just give it to them. Well, I'm going to find out who wants it. Great. Some people would rather... Rather have a stack of comics <laughs> than the Batman Hush Blu-ray, so you yeah. gotta ask. I don't want to. One of my somebody. favorite things is where we have this like back and forth, and you just harangue people. Yeah, exactly. What do you want? What do you fucking want? What do you fucking want from us? <laughs> yeah, come on. Just tell me what you fucking want. Come on. We, yeah. Come on. Come right. on. Well, anyway, I saw this hand up first. What's your name? What's your question? My name is Kevin. And I really loved the Lockjaw miniseries. Oh, thank you. And one of the great Aww. things about it is that you had, of course, the major guest spot by Spider-Ham before he, you know... Before he really blew up. Yeah, now he's yeah. too famous to go yeah. into a Lockjaw comic. But also, the, the co-lead was D-Man. Yes. Oh, yeah, he was God, the co- I love Dunphy in this one. Yeah, he was so much fun. Yeah. So, and this is for everybody. Um, and, of course, in your case, it'll be, who's a character who's, you know... All but, you know, forgotten, certainly by the mainstream, whom you would love to bring into a comic whom you haven't been able to yet. And for everybody else, who's one you'd want to see brought back? I apologize. You okay? <laughs> Do you want? Right? Yeah, don't yeah. cough into. I'm good. Do you want? Worse. <laughs> I am. I am also. I am also. Water? Listen, I just. Hey, I'm great. Everything's uh, great. Sure. Do I just want, want to make very clear: if you die, please die into the mic. <laughs> Thank you. It'll be good for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> wow. So, character you would want to see brought back again that's super you under the radar. want the DVD? He wants a DVD! Oh, great. I'm glad we got that out of the way early. Uh, what <laughs> character you'd want to see brought I, back? Um, I, so, part of, me wants, part of me wants to be super cagey about it because there's a chance that I could do something like bringing D-Man uh, back as a, as a co-protagonist. I yes. don't want to like say it out loud or jinx it. But uh, as long as it doesn't leave this room, uh, dead girl. Uh, yeah, yeah from, um, from X from X Statics. I think that I think that there's so there's so much there uh, that I think like a dead girl. Well, she's, isn't she coming back? I mean, the Milligan and Allred are doing that. I assume everybody. Yeah, she is. She's in the Ecstatic special that yeah. they just released. Right. I don't know if she's going to be back full time in the series. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, she's <laughs> great. Abe, do you have um, one? You know. Uh, I'm going to go outside the realm of superhero comics. And I was just earlier tonight talking about with some, some people about like my entry into comics. And for me, it was um, dark horses, tales of the Jedi. And I really want some of the characters from the old, like expanded universe, old Republic (laughs) stuff to come back into continuity for star Wars comics. Like, you know, Ulic Keldroma and, you know, Vima Debota and like all these characters, no one remembers whatsoever, wow. but I was know me Sunrider. I loved that shit. That stuff. I ate it up. Cause this was like the early to mid nineties when like star Wars was kind of a dead concern. So 
like no one at Lucasfilm did anyone even work at Lucasfilm at that time like <laughs> no one was quality controlling the comics so like some of them were awful some of them were transcendent and they were all so fucking weird like you had like bad you know like old school battery powered lightsabers like <laughs> just like I, I oh god I love those comics I wish I could bring those characters back Cool. I got worried when you said you were going outside of comics. Oh, did I, I say comics? I meant outside of Marvel and DC. Okay, I was sorry. Like, what are you I, I like, whoa, my cousin died. I'd like to bring him back. You know, I was like, holy <laughs> shit, what's going on? This is like some pet I'm cemetery sorry. If we, shit. If we can go back and retape that part. I meant Marvel and DC. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. It's Super right. superheroes. That's what I meant. Okay. Can't believe I synonymized superheroes and comics. Pete, what's your? You got a choice. Uh, no, I just want to, I, I would like to st- uh, start a new precedent comic where we keep people dead for a while, have the stakes be real, you know, just kind of like stop bringing people back, you know, let's just. Did you, you know. say, did it, did it have to be a dead character or just an under the radar character? Ooh, an under the radar character. Yeah. You got any? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On to the next one. All A-sides. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, great. Uh, my pick would have been Cypher, but he just came back in yeah. House of X with a great scene. Can't get enough of that guy. It. I know. It was such a good scene. I was so happy about it. Oh, okay. oh so good. Can't uh, get oh, enough of you guys. Okay. Did I break did, the couch? We broke the couch. Yeah, yeah you did it. All right. You did it. Congrats. All right, hang in there for a second. Yeah, we'll I mean, what's great is like having a character that is basically Google Translate is just important. All right. So buddy. let's bring him back. I'm glad. Okay, I'm happy fine. for you. I'm if happy I had for you. a second choice, my cousin died, and it would be <laughs> really nice. <laughs> Sorry okay, for your take loss. another question. Oh, this hand shot right up. What happened, sir? What happened? <laughs> I, I got a question for each of the uh, guests. Um, real quick, Daniel, uh, going back to the Loki uh, Jughead crossover in the uh, Thorchy universe, uh, who's Veronica? Who's uh, Betty? And Abe. Um, yeah. Are you aware the Wayback Machine exists? Oh, yeah, 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 I know. Oh, I shouldn't have said that, yeah. I'm really fucked now. <laughs> like, like in, okay, so for mine, uh, in the interpretation of like the, like the Asgard Archie parallels, I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit and say that um, uh, Betty is Thor and uh, Loki is Veronica. <laughs> uh, they are, nice. they are, Best, they are best friends and mortal enemies. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. And you I got the it? hair colors right. <laughs> uh, cool. Can we? Another question, you sir, right there. Come on up. What is your name? What is your question? Hello, hello, guys. Hi. Hey, hello, you two. Hey, Pablo. Hey, Pete. My question is. Um, Pretty simple. Um, what Marvel character? What Marvel comic? Well, what comic or character? Period. Would you like to see in a miniseries? Like today? a comic or a? Doesn't matter. Miniseries, like a TV miniseries. So uh, oh, something yeah. like, oh. like adapted. Oh. Yeah, yeah something... I like the idea. It was just it could be a miniseries. It could be a podcast miniseries. <laughs> could be a TV. Anything yeah. just has to be limited. <laughs> uh, what would you like to see that hasn't been adapted so far that it, oh, it, you'd like to see as a TV miniseries? I mean, everything. At this I know. Point I was about to say right? everything's on the table at this point, but yeah. Um. I, got, I got a wild. I got a wild bitch, uh, which is uh, Pride and Wisdom. Oh Ooh. yeah, that's a good choice, doing, man. Doing, and, and, and so, <laughs> it is well, a romance comic. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going yes, yes, and no on whether Pride and Wisdom is a romance <laughs> comic. But yeah, I think it's it's so uh, it's so clearly like a reboot of Kitty Pride. Uh, it's it's grown up Kitty Pride who is a hacker who is paired with a John Constantine type, uh, and it was this very it was this very like singular moment. Uh, in in X Men, where it was it was it really felt like a backdoor pilot, you know, like a Gary Seven kind of thing uh, that uh, you would take uh, somebody who had been uh, you know a seventh banana uh, on the X Men, and now she's in a uh, moonlighting esque relationship with a British spy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd um, be great. It w- this would be so many steps ahead because we'd have to like figure out what the hell you know Disney is doing with the X-Men but I, if we're going to just keep casting back to our childhoods um I was a big fan of the Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix the one where they go into the far future and raise Cable um because 
of the genius. I mean, you know what? Now I'm saying it, it. The main reason I would want to see it adapted is to see somebody trying to riff on and build on Gene Ha's pencils. Because I think Gene Ha is one of the most underrated and talented pencilers in the business. And he did such a... Some of those images I will never get out of my head. I think his vision of this bizarre future, thousands and thousands of years ahead, where like there aren't computers, but people kind of are computers and there are things just floating like rocks will be floating in the air for no reason and i guess in the future that just happens and uh but it's also a, a fascinating little story that's so, that's something i'd like to see but cool pete you got an answer for this one uh yeah i'd like to not make that happen uh, wow that okay would be, uh, that would be a personal <laughs> nightmare of mine uh, just because uh, I'm, I'm more of a Wolverine guy, so uh, anytime you got Cyclops and Jean Grey, I'm like, boo. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I understand uh, what you're saying, and uh, I think uh, that would be cool for you. Just my personal, <laughs> would be a personal nightmare for me. Um, but I don't know, man. It, it's it's hard because I feel like they're trying to reboot, like he said, all of our childhood, and I feel like maybe some of it doesn't, you know, shouldn't uh, be put somewhere else where it could be kind of like uh, not as good as it used to be. I'm always worried that I'm going to see something like for me, concrete was like unbelievable, concrete, and I'm oh, always wow. like surprised nobody's trying to do it, but I'm also very happy that nobody's trying to do it. I'm sure somebody's trying to do it. Yeah, I know. If, uh, if like if you have a comic book, someone's trying to adapt it right now. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, to that point, I feel like this one actually is being adapted, but I can't remember because there's been so many. It's just but, a blizzard of yeah. yeah. Ice Cream Man from Image Comic Books. Oh, I love Ice Cream Man. Yes, great. Ice Cream Man is so good. Great the, the thing that holds me back a little bit is the way that it's structured. Is it's essentially comic books. If you're not reading it, it's a horror comic book that ostensibly is almost Tales from the Crypty, where like this Ice Cream Man comes into town and then horrible things happen around people. Yeah. That's sort of the idea, but it goes wild way in some weird places. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's really good. That one yeah. I'm not going to spoil or anything about. Yeah. Really well, I, I yeah. will say the thing that I think would work so nicely about it as a TV series and you'd have to intrinsically change a lot of the story is there is sort of an ongoing story happening in the background that comes in every once in a while while they're going through these individual horror tales and that would work very well on an episodic format. But then things like the last issue of the book was a palindrome. Like, you could read it backwards and forwards, and it's yeah. fucking amazing. It's incredible. That wouldn't really yeah, work on a TV show, I don't think, uh, but they could maybe figure out ways of riffing on that form in that way. I think that'd be great. If it could have been done, they would have done it in Buffy Season 6. Yeah, oh, that's true. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. They should have. Uh, we can take one last question, I think. Anything for our guests? Anything for us? You, sir. Oh, or, oh there were two questions at the same time. Uh, you, right here. What's your name? What's your question? Hey, it's Ilana Brooklyn. Uh, Loki, of course, is a comic with a character who's gone from being a villain to being more complex than that. Um, and a lot of the favorite characters that fans have are characters who had initially begun as villains and who folks and readers began to identify with and became not just a villain, sometimes a hero, etc. Are there any villains? you guys really do not want to see uh, as stars of their own comics in which they become characters that the audience loves. Oh, you want, like, what villains should stay villainous yeah. forever? Oh, yeah. that's an interesting uh, question. I mean, this is almost cheating, but Red Skull. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, that's just a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> Has um, anyone ever tried to redeem Red Skull? I'm sure well, someone's redeemed, tried. But didn't but... Greg Pak do a series? He did uh, the Magneto series, and then he did a Red Skull series as well. Oh, I don't I remember think. that one. Yeah, but it wasn't but, but like... I don't think he tried to make Red Skull no. the hero, no. Yeah. yeah. Now, just the I would, now more than ever, uh, let's just yeah. let's keep that one black and white. <laughs> <laughs> For it, me, for oh, I'm sorry. Did, no, I just I was gonna say on Red Skull, I I, I always find it interesting that they have really committed to the fact that he's a Nazi, as opposed to like having it like dressing him up as like. It's always nice when you have actual Nazis and not like Nazi metaphors in comics. I, I get really sick of when you have like you know you know the Sons of the Serpent instead of the Clan or whatever. Like just just put the shit in there. <laughs> like metaphors only take you so far. Um, so it, yeah, no, it's it's kind of admirable that Red Skull is not like you know gone straight or like you know whatever. I, I I'm with Daniel on this one. Yeah. Uh, P, you have one Punisher yeah. maybe. Uh, Doctor Doom. 
Uh, oh, I don't want to see. Oh, him come on, go. Infamous Iron. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, that's right. He's that's been. Right. From day one, that guy's yeah. been jumping on both sides of the fence. I don't like it. Where's Valeria living? Uh, I like <laughs> I like when you know he's evil and he has his doom bots and uh, yeah I I don't like him when he's good. He's the fifth Beetle, man. He You're really is, yeah. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Uh, I I know they're doing this and they have done this before, but I'm not totally on board. Apocalypse, uh, mm. I just feel like Apocalypse is just like he's ancient evil. He comes out, he's enormous, he's destroying everything. Yes, him being like, come on, you guys, let's save the world. I mean, I, I liked uh, Evan. You know the the little yeah, yeah the young totally. apocalypse, but that doesn't really count. You know no. that's that's a different. And thing. also, what they recently did, they did the Age of X Men, which was a flipped yeah. utopia, and he was sort of a hero there. Yeah, but that's a again yeah. different thing. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. And uh, the Punisher, keep him a villain. I'm fun. You having fun, buddy? I'm having a great, great time. I'm glad. I'm glad you're I feel like fun. this podcast is coming apart at the end. Of the <laughs> <laughs> really, you just haven't been on for a yeah. while. It's uh, just, you know. <laughs> just as the glue that keeps it together. <laughs> it's not true. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. This is the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. Thank you for showing up. We really appreciate it. It's an opportunity to win 25 free dollars in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics. Because if you had 25 bucks, you go to a comic book shop. Who would like 25 free dollars? A simple raising of the hand. Uh, All right, yeah, casual. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Come on. Somebody no. volunteer. <laughs> no one wants $25. Walk on stage. Is, it's a very easy trivia You're going to be handed $25. Sir, I feel bad. You raised your hand before and we didn't get to you. Would you like $25 free dollars? Yeah, come on. Yeah. Come on. Dude, $3. If you've never Fuck, been to the show free? before, I guarantee you all you Shit. have to do is stand For $25, here. usually you got to spend like $25. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if you come spend $25, they will give you $25. Yeah, no. you don't. Neither is he. No, trust, you're trust gonna me. Win. You'll, you're you'll gonna be fine. Win. Yeah. It just, yeah. Yeah. All right, come on up. Stand over here, please. This would not be a recurring segment if it made people feel bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your name, sir? I'm Jason. Jason, audience, audience, Jason. All right. Jason, how this is going to work, I'm going to read you a question, listen to all three possible answers, get all three questions right, $25 yours. Today's trivia is on comic book, TV, and film news. All okay. right? As long as you're up on all that, you're good. All right, here we go. Somewhat. Question number one. Who is now confirmed as the director for Venom 2? It's a multiple choice. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Is it A, Andy Serkis, B, Horatio Sands, <laughs> or C, Bart the Bear? Okay, so only one of those makes sense. <laughs> I'll give it to you again. Is it A? It's A. You are correct, sir. Yeah. Andy Serkis is going to direct Venom 2. Is that the guy who plays Gollum? Yes. Yes. Nice I didn't job. know his name. There you go. I saw it. Okay, question number two. What movie is returning to theaters for its 20th anniversary? Is it A, Notting Hill? Oh, I wish. I know, yeah, dude. I, I know. I know. I'm just a girl standing in front just, of a boy. It was just our showtime. Like. Or is it B, The Matrix? Or is it C, Annette Benning? So it's either what? A, don't pick it, don't pick or it's B, The Matrix. B, The Matrix. B, The Matrix yeah. is coming back. You are correct, sir. You're killing it. I'm killing it. You are. All right, here we go. Last one. Who is co-writing Arrow's Crisis on Infinite Earths episode? Is it A, Marv Wolfman, B, Stephen Amell, C, Dan Aykroyd? So it's either A, A, Marv Wolfman, that makes the most sense. Yeah, it does. does. Or you have Stephen or Dan Aykroyd. A? A is correct. Wow. $25, $3. Congratulations, sir. But I, 
I think Arrow is in season 19, so any of those were possible. Uh, now I'll mention uh, Pete puts a sub-secret quiz inside of his quiz with the third answers to his questions. This is, of course, a comic book talk show. And what are comic book talk shows all about? That's right, John Candy movies. <laughs> so, uh, for some reason, <laughs> the third answers are all about John Candy movies. Can you repeat them, please? Bart the Bear. Great. Annette Bening. Uh-huh. And Dan Aykroyd. Great. Does anybody know what, uh, for some reason, John Candy movies talk about? Kevin, you get first crack. That's great outdoors. That is correct, sir. Wow. wow. Okay. I'll tell you what, the Bart the Bear gave that one away. <laughs> Sorry, he Pete. He plays the big bald-headed bear. Bart does. In the movie. <laughs> okay. In case you were confused. <laughs> it was not. Okay. Uh, as we all know, tomorrow is a new comic book day. We recommend you go to Midtown Woo! Comics because they've been nice enough to sponsor the show. Pete, what are you looking forward to? Oh, man. A lot of great stuff, but I'm looking forward to Punisher number 14. Yeah! yeah boy. <laughs> the hero we all deserve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's going on in this book, Pete? Uh, also, uh, thumbs number three I'm looking forward to. Great. What, what are you looking forward to? about it uh well i don't know if you've checked out thumbs but it's a really yes, amazing book art's fantastic and we had uh the writer on not too long ago yeah what was his name pete oh man great guy i think it was eric something <laughs> <laughs> nope sean lewis yeah sean lewis. Uh, we had about a previous show you can listen to that episode <laughs> in our podcast feed those books are great. I'm looking forward to House of X number two is coming out yeah. tomorrow. Uh, man, I've been loving every issue of that book more and more. Uh, Thumbs and House of X will have reviews in our Stack podcast Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. That goes up in the same feed as Comic Book Club. Daniel, plug your stuff. What should people check out? Uh, wow. Uh, please go buy Loki number one, uh, which is getting a uh, second printing uh, right. available in uh, August. Uh, I believe the third Wednesday uh, uh, this month. Uh, Loki number two is on shelves on August 14th. Uh, it has uh, Iron Man on the cover. Uh, Loki goes to Iron Man's house and he gets yelled at. Uh, and uh, I'm also a writer uh, for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, which is on after the local news on CBS at 11.35. <laughs> uh, I, I watch the local news. Oh, so if you, if you stay awake. Yeah, I if you, can. If you, if you hang in there. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, oh, there's another show There's another that? program. After huh. that, yeah. Who knew? Uh, uh, <laughs> plug your just, stuff in. Just follow me on Twitter, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I tweet about whatever I write. So uh, twitter.com slash Abraham Joseph. Conventional spelling. You can't mispronounce that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty easy. And uh, the last boy dot live journal. Okay, all right. <laughs> Oh, man. For some reason, I feel like the Wayback Machine doesn't do live journal, but now I'm really worried. <laughs> All right, whatever. Uh, no. Hey, we'll there see. There we what go. Happens. This is the beginning of the end, but. <laughs> we'll just have to see Wahapi. Oh, a uh, couple of things to plug before they we go. Like they plants. It seemed like you planted them. <laughs> Listen. Front row with the this shirts, This bit man. cost a lot of money, but it was worth it. <laughs> if uh, <laughs> this show does, is free to come see and free to listen to, it costs us a little bit of money to do. If you'd like to support it, patreon.com slash comic book club. We have a Slack that you can hang out in and chat all day. It mostly ends up being talk about food instead of comics, but hey, there you go. It's still fun. Uh, yeah, we also have a monthly movie night. Do we know what we're watching? Officer Down. We're going to be watching that on Saturday night. Uh, so come for that. That should be fun. I don't know. <laughs> uh, also, I don't we do a couple of is. other podcasts you should check out. We have a do a Legion podcast called Inside Legion that is rapidly coming to its end, very sadly. Yeah, I know. Oh, my oh, God. That show is so show. good. I love it. Oh, it's so good. Uh, we also do a Krypton podcast Why? called... Why <laughs> plug that? It's such a... <laughs> Because we do it, After Krypton, you can oh. check that out on its feed. Also, Preacher Man, our Preacher podcast is back now that that is back in season as well. I suppose plenty of other podcasts you can check out on our website. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live, Comic Book Club, live.com for this podcast and more. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, or the app of your choice. A couple of people we want to thank before we go. We want to thank Daniel for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Abe. Yay. Boothman Prime. Boothman Prime. But most of all, I want to thank you guys. We're here every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Totally free. Please tell your friends. Good night. Thanks for coming out. Thank you very much.
Is it on?